Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. I promised everybody a very exciting guest for today's episode and man, I am certain to deliver. And I could not be more excited to welcome a fave of the Adweek crew. In fact, Danny Wright said hello and he told me I need to introduce you as Corey Elfin Marchesoto, the CMO of Elf. So Corey, how are you? Welcome to the show. Well, if you start a sentence with Danny, right, that just makes me infinitely better than I was before. I am, <laughs> I am a Danny Wright super fan. I'm also a Nadine and Heidi super fan. So the energy of this room is just off the elfin charts. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Heidi is here with us too. And, and we have been so excited to record with you. We just have so much fun with you. And oh my God, everybody who's tuning in, buckle your seatbelt because this could be an epic episode and I, I think it will be. So with that, let me pass it over to Heidi. Sure. When I met Corey, I was asked to moderate Corey's session at Brand Week last year and boy, we had fun. That was a lot of fun. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I learned all about 
the elf world and, and Corey's philosophy. So excited to dive in with you, Corey. Um, Heidi, did, did I tell you about my elfing guns during that? Was that a moment where I brought my guns into the conversation? I don't think so. I didn't learn about the elfing guns. Just the language in general was a, it was a first for me. And you caught me off guard asking me to use an elfism, which we'll get into what that is. <laughs> don't forget the elf bombs. I mean, oh, yeah. on now. they're so easy and so fun. But first, let's talk about you and then we'll get to your elf and guns. OK, <laughs> let's get to know who Corey is. So. <laughs> Corey, first of all, I really want to ask you just a little bit about your role at ELF. How long you've been there? And tell us a little bit about what you're focused on. So I have been at ELF for two years, but what we'd like to say at ELF is we work in ELF years. So that's definitely over a decade I've been at the company for sure. And that's because we move at what we call ELF speed. So What I would say at my role at ELF is I've accomplished in one year what would take 10 years in any other company. So in two years, it's about 20 years worth of work in, let's just say, traditional corporation. What I love about ELF is we were built to disrupt. So this company was born 16 years ago with a founder who had an impossible mission which was to sell premium cosmetics for $1, which everybody told them could not be done, and sell it over the internet. That was in 2004. Selling cosmetics over the internet was, nobody would even talk about it. You couldn't do that. Everybody needs to see, touch, feel, test. So when your company is born on an impossible mission, I think the most critical thing is to water those roots, to show everybody that anything is elfing possible. We're born to disrupt. It's in our blood. It's in our DNA. And we wake up every morning asking ourselves, what can we elfing blow up next? With that culture of elf, the brand, and then you, you have that innately in you. I know that's not just a (laughs) symptom of you working there. So was it just like the perfect match when the opportunity presented itself? How did you look at that and evaluate whether to take the role? So Elf was a digital native and enjoyed decades worth of double-digit growth. The company went out for an IPO, I believe it was about five or six years ago, and went on an entire new journey with a new C-suite and a new team on the command deck. Also experienced an accelerated and extraordinary level of growth. And then like most mature companies, the brand hit a wall. So at that moment, there was no CMO on board. There was a lot of soul searching and trying to understand what do we need to do to get this brand back on track to have it set up for growth for the next decade? Do we have the superpowers we need? Do we need to go seek new superpowers? And the C-suite and the board of directors basically pinpointed that they needed a CMO, but not just any CMO. When the recruiters called me, it was one word I heard over and over again is they're looking for somebody bold, capital B, capital O, capital L, capital D. <laughs> you're, you know, and I was told in every interview, you are coming in with a bold ambition and a bold imperative. And it was really this perfect crossroads and an intersection between my drive to disrupt and my ability to be courageous enough to make bold moves and what the company was seeking, which was a step change and somebody who would have courage enough to take command of the rocket ship and fly it to new heights. So it was really a perfect marriage. Yeah. Well, you know, it's amazing, Corey, because when we were chatting with you last week, 
oh my God, Heidi and I were sitting there like slacking each other, every other thing you were saying, because it was everything you say. <laughs> too is many like, taglines. <laughs> so many taglines. You just gave us three headlines in that right there. I can, and, and, you know, bold, certainly you are, but we use the words bright, sassy, and badass as well. That is totally <laughs> you. I mean, you have had such literally a kick-ass career because of just who you are. I mean, the way you approach things, you, you are definitely all those things, bold, bright, sassy, and badass. Tell us a little bit about some of your big moves in your career, because obviously you've made a ton of them. <laughs> I would say the, the, the biggest and maybe loudest moves are really in the last two years at Elf. And a big part of that is you take every part of your journey and all of your learnings and all of the growth and development. And you, you, you keep putting all those tools in your toolkit. And for me, when I got to ELF, it was just this amazing moment to say, okay, do I have in my toolkit what I need for the monumental task at hand and this brand recharge and brand turnaround. And I love a good challenge. So for me, this is, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, right? The impossible task. So, you know, the, do I have the tools in my toolkit and how do I use those? And do I need to go to Home Depot and get some new ones? And it was definitely a moment for me to take stock and inventory on what new superpowers I needed to go gain. And it was just this incredible moment of really looking in the tool chest of what we had at ELF, what we really already had, the strengths, the power, the digital leadership, the digital muscle, the incredible impossible disruptive roots that the company was built on, that it really became a moment for me to recognize that I had all these stories there. I needed to figure out how I was going to unleash them and to tell those stories in a modern, relevant, meaningful, disruptive way. And one of the key things that we started doing when we set out on the brand recharge, which was in uh, the middle of 2019. So I was with the company for about six months when we unleashed this incredible recharge. TikTok was part of that. And this was a moment for us to water that digital heritage and those digital native roots and lean into a platform that quite honestly, nobody in the beauty space was playing in yet. And we looked up to brands like Chipotle and other incredible brands that are doing amazing marketing activations and tried to understand how are they harnessing the power of this platform? As we started to uncover that there was already three and a half million people talking about our brand on the platform, there was already a hashtag Elf Cosmetics, there was already an audience waiting for us there. That was the moment where we said, you know what, it's time to lean in. Let's just white canvas, clean slate, no preconceived notions, let's dive in head first. And you have to have a lot of courage to do that because the first question you're going to get asked in the C-suite is, well, what's your KPI? And on a new emerging technology platform, as we all know, a lot of it is just gut instinct and just go fly. So it was definitely not an easy feat and a platform that people hadn't heard of before. So the first thing was download the app, everybody go play around, see what it is, get excited. And then the one KPI that I, I told the CEO that I was committed to was a billion views. At which moment he looked at me and he said, do you even know how many zeros are in a billion? <laughs> and my response was, yes, sir, I do. And now I'm going to double down on that. <laughs> and our first campaign delivered 7 billion views. 
Wow. So it was just this moment of recognizing that it's not about saying, well, I'm in this industry and what competitors in my own space do I want to look at? It's about looking at who's kicking ass. I don't care what industry you're in. Who is somebody we can go learn from? What are those incredible things that they're doing? And then how do we learn from that and try to apply some of those best practices to our brand? So that was really the first foray. What we learned in that moment, which became truly extraordinary, is the song itself took on a life of its own. So here we are, this beauty company that acts more like a tech startup that is now a global music sensation. We have to play the song. We're going to have to overlay it on this uh, podcast because I'm replaying from Brand Week, you dancing to it as we're playing it. <laughs> like Corey's literally like dancing on the Zoom while we're just, it's the eyes, lips, face, right? Absolutely. Um, it's incredibly catchy. Now, now, was, Heidi, you got me going. We're going to have to do it like it's, live. So it's let's, really why, catchy. Why don't, you, why don't you call it up and we'll play it when you're ready. How about that? Okay. I love that. So, you know, it was this moment to just recognize when you have lightning in a bottle, lean in, don't stop, fuel me fire, go, go, go. So we actually leaned into the music. And the next thing you know, we're in the music business and we're hanging out with the Universal Music Group and we're helping the artists, which then eventually got signed to the record label. And it was that moment for us to recognize that marketing is not just about playing in whatever category or whatever circle you're in. It's really about seduction and seduction comes in many flavors, shapes and sizes. And a beauty brand can use music and can use entertainment and can use evocative, emotive ways to bring new energy into the fold. And that was really the key moment of unleashing this idea that anything is elfing possible. A beauty brand can become a global music sensation. And here we are. Wow. Well, I bet Nick Tran is very excited about Elf. <laughs> he better be Elf and happy that you guys uh, <laughs> delivered all that progress to TikTok early on. So um, I know you and he are friends and one of these days we're going to do all something together. I'm sure of it. Um, but okay, Heidi, did you find the song? No, I'm finding all the places where we've written about it because it's definitely um, something Adweek has covered, but I'm not finding the link. We're, we'll pull it up. We'll get a dance party going in a minute. Cool. cool. <laughs> all right. Dance party coming on CMO Moves. That'll be a first. Look at you go, Corey. <laughs> Julian's going to li- send it to me instantly, I'm sure. <laughs> you see, I told you we're going to have fun on this episode. So sorry, Heidi, I didn't mean to distract you. I know you have a ton of questions. I'm going to keep rolling while you're looking and then, and then you can jump back in. Of course. So, okay. So Corey, um, clearly you have just a dynamite personality and I know it has served you well throughout your career, uh, especially as a, a fierce woman leader. And we were talking about some of the bold moves that you made in your past to really establish yourself as I am here, including what was the tag that you put on your office? What did it, what did it say? lady. Boss, boss lady. lady. Tell us about being a boss lady. <laughs> Tell us why you put that sign on your desk. So we're going to have to go back to college, which is over 20 years ago. And I was taking a class on how to prepare for interviews and how to write a resume and all those great skills one wants to learn when they're getting out in the job market. And I was really blown away by the instructor who told us that women needed to wear a skirt to go on a job interview. And I'm, I'm glad that it struck me so hard 
because you need that punch in the gut, that fire in the belly to tell you that there's something you have to go do. There's some trail you have to go blaze. There's there's something in your way. And at that moment, I recognize like, wait, what, why are you telling us how we have to dress? What, what about the boys? Like they get to wear whatever they want and we have to wear skirts. So I love that. And, and, and I loved that, you know, sort of anger that I had from that moment. So I did, I went out and I bought a skirt suit and I went on my interviews and to be totally frank, I felt hardly uncomfortable in a skirt suit. It just was not me or not my personality. I wound up getting the job and then fast forward to a couple of months into the role and a new leader had come in. He was the head of sales administration. I was working in the sales admin department. So he was the, the, the head of sales and he would call us in like we were cattle. And it went like this, and I am going to try to do my best impersonation. Ladies, ladies, front and center, ladies. That's and making me cringe. <laughs> I get, I get chill, like goosebumps, like <laughs> or crawlies, creepy crawlies on my. So bad. Sorry. And okay, go ahead. So now I'm, you know, 21 years old. This is my first corporate job. It brought up for me, like I have to come on the interview in the skirt suit, and then I'm going to have this guy yell at me like I'm a cheerleader on the on the sidelines, and. So I just picked myself up, up off my chair with this angry face, went into his office and we were three ladies that sat outside his office that, that worked for him and that's what, who he was calling in. And he leaned back in his chair like J.R. Ewing, put his hands behind his head, put his cowboy boots up on the desk and started barking orders at us. And I remember sitting there holding back everything that I wanted to come out of my mouth and it was a horrible meeting and I felt awful and I had this gross feeling in my stomach. And I came out of that and I went to the two bosses that I was reporting to at the time and I said to them, why, why are we swallowing this? Oh, you know, that's just him, that's how he behaves. And, and I was looking to them for, you know, big girl advice, right? Like I'm some 20 year old brash kid trying to control myself in a corporate environment. Like is this what we have to do? Is this what we have to eat every day? And I looked at both of them and I said, I will never allow myself to be treated this way. And I knew that moment at that time that I was gonna have a seat at the table and I was gonna be respected and I was not going to be treated like a second-class citizen because I was a woman. And I probably overcorrected by becoming even more bold and even more sassy and even more badass because I realized that we had work to do, ladies. We have a lot of work to do to knock down walls and doors and ceilings. And that's what kick-started my career. And quite honestly, I thank him for that. Mm -hmm. As hard as that was, I thank him for that because it gave me the fire and the drive to rise above it. Unfortunately, these things are still happening, right? Those examples we still hear about. So what advice would you give to yourself slash other women who are maybe like more entry level, just starting out, maybe don't have the confidence yet to, to be bold, but what would you say to them? Yeah, I would say empowered women, empower women. And this is a moment where you have to join together and rise each other up and find your power partners, find those connections, find those allies. Don't try to do it alone. Mm -hmm. And that I think is lock arms with other amazing ladies who can break down walls together, force multiply, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. Are well, there you certain mentors in your life that you would uh, 
attribute that kind of helping your confidence? So many. I mean, I, you know, I always like to look at everything that happens in your journey is a reason to learn. There is a lesson that you can take from every leader. And quite honestly, I think there is this, we want to create this perfect ivory tower and paint this perfect picture of what a job looks like. But the reality is it's messy and it's difficult and people are complicated and it's not always the nicest bosses who teach you the most. It's not always the perfect conditions where you're going to learn. And if I think about what are the things that truly shaped who I am that have the biggest impact on my career, it was the hardest moments. It's when I was working on turnarounds or on the Titanic when business was sinking. It's when I had the toughest bosses who gave me the harshest feedback. And I would say that you have to learn from those moments and strip away the ego and strip away the sometimes the dagger that it feels like when you're hearing things you don't want to hear and recognize that they are incredible moments and gifts for you to learn and for you to take from that to uh, be on a continuous path of improvement. So I've had extraordinary bosses. One of the things that I love to do is analogies. So I'll paint you a, a, a perfect analogy because I don't think you learn everything from one person. It's critical that you look at everyone that you have access to and, and think about what you can take from each individual. So I like to use the analogy of the Wizard of Oz. And there is no doubt that the power of intellect is a critical part of the journey. And that I learned from a boss that I had early on who really taught me about insights and turning insights into business plans, turning business plans into action and making sure that what you were bringing forward as a business executive always was built on the backbone of analytics and insight. But insight and intellect on its own is not enough. You need courage. And my, quite honestly, my first boss, one of the, the most impressive figures in my career was a bold, badass woman who didn't take shit from anybody who all she cared about was if somebody told her no, she was gonna turn that no into a yes. And I watched this woman for years get the impossible done. And she just taught me that if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Don't go in small, go in big, ask for the impossible. And she was truly extraordinary. You know, get out of your comfort zone. She used to say to me all the time, get out of your comfort zone. And as soon as you're back in your comfort zone, I'm gonna push you out. And that was really the courage. But then there's also the heart. And it was a very different leader that I had who taught me about the importance of, sure, be courageous and be smart, but build relationships. You can't do any of this without building strong, deep relationships. And what you learn along your journey is people do stuff because they like you. It's not necessarily the brand that you stand behind or the power of your media budgets or how much money you can give their organization. A lot of it is built on the power of your relationship and how you nurture that relationship through time. So those three things combined are just critical components of anybody's strength and growth. And I would say the last part that you absolutely need to have with the intellect, with the courage, with the heart is tenacity. You are going to face every possible roadblock, hurdle, things getting thrown in the way. Um, I believe it was Mike Tyson who said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the gut. 
Well, you're going to get punched in the gut quite a few times and you need to have the tenacity to drive that forward. So the combination of those four things, I think is truly incredible. And I learned each one of those things from very different leaders along my journey. And I feel incredibly fortunate that I've been able to learn from leaders of leaders and be able to have the exposure to these types of incredible individuals and take nuggets from each one of them that I can put in my toolbox. You know, Heidi and I have spent so much time together working on so many different ways to share tips with especially young female executives. And this is a masterclass right here. And I know she and I are sitting here going, this is like, you know, this is step one, step two, step three. And it's so helpful. And, And for all the men tuning in, please, you know, I, I, I am so fortunate to know so many, what Shelly Zalas likes to call man ambassadors. I think it's just really important from an empathy standpoint to just understand what women do have to go through. And like you, Corey, I have plenty of stories that were just uncomfortable. Um, and it's hard to know how to deal with those things, especially when you are on the younger side and you haven't really developed those four incredible skills that you talked about. Um, and it's hard. And we have uh, 350 executives that went through the executive mentor program last year, 75% female. And all the mentees created different work streams where they were focused on a topic that they were passionate about. And we had a whole group around the, the women's leadership topic and <clears throat> wonderful, incredible, talented women. And they came to talk to a group of our council members for a DEI to share with them what they were seeing in the marketplace. And the number one thing was typecasting. And just to underscore how important it is, we just put out a Women Trailblazers piece where we created a link to tips around dealing with typecasting. It was so popular. And it's because everyone's facing this still. And and so what advice do you have for men who are tuning in on how to be a man ambassador. Open your ears, open your eyes, listen, look, ask, um, you know, create those important relationships where it's not just about, hi, let's have a coffee around the water cooler. It's make sure that people are comfortable enough that they can seek your advice so that you can really see what's going on under the hood. Because a lot of people out of fear are going to tell you, I'm okay. No, everything's fine. Everything's great. So you have to have the authentic relationship with your peers, with your employees, with others in your organization that's built around a comfort zone, that they can tell you the real stuff. What's the really, really? And that way you can help them because it is a roadblock and a barrier. And if, it, if, if people don't have the courage to kick down the doors, to find those allies, to find the other women who are going to help rise them up, then they start to internalize. And the more and more you internalize and the more and more you push stuff down, the more and more you inhibit your own growth. Well said. Oh, I think we need a dance party in here. Oh, oh, oh I got it queued up. I have it queued up. Okay, Corey, you have to tell me this is the right one. I'm All right. always ready to dance. 
Do you hear it? Yeah, turn it up, Heidi. I feel like everybody can see Tori dancing right now. It's awesome. Um, it's so catchy, isn't it? So cool. So cool. All right, we're going to drop that link. We're going to drop that link in the episode description. Oh my God. Corey, I have a thousand other things I want to ask you. I know Heidi wants to ask you a lot of things too. Heidi, over to you, my dear. So Corey, you've been with Elle for two years now, have experienced and, and led a lot of really cool things. What are you excited about now? Looking ahead, what's got you and your team super jazzed up? So there, one of the things that I, I love about the position we're in as a brand is we sort of have permission now to be in the music space, to be in the entertainment space, to be uh, hanging out with really cool brands that have nothing to do with our business. So I'm always excited for what I don't know and the unknown and the possibilities. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Uh, I'll give you a perfect, for example, I mentioned before Chipotle. Chipotle is a brand I admire. I think these guys kick ass, they're badass marketers, they're always at the forefront. And when we had done our TikTok campaign, every article I read, it was like TikTok, Elf, Chipotle, TikTok, Elf, Chipotle, TikTok, Elf, Chipotle. I'm like, what is going on? Elf, Chipotle, Elf, Chipotle, Elf, Chipotle. And then I was like, ding, 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 ding. We should do something with (laughs) Elfing Chipotle. That's the answer. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, and it was just an exceptional moment. The first time our two teams got together, we sat around the table and was almost like we were a mirror image of one another. It was like badass digital disruptors who wanted to be at the forefront. And what happens if we get together and put our names in the same sentence and, you know, do a digital activation and create digital sparks. And it was truly extraordinary. Our audiences went nuts. Uh, Our audience at ELF was like, I never in a million years thought those two things belonged together, but now we got 72 ideas of everything you guys should be creating. And everybody just kept coming at us with, you should do this and you should do this and you should create this. So I am most excited about the unexpected, about finding ways of bringing together things that you don't think belong in the same sentence and uh, making magic happen. Amazing. So speed about making magic happen let's talk about your magical elfisms and <laughs> what is it like to describe to us and the rest of the world these elfisms so you, you need to know everything has a story right so i'm going to take you back to the story on this one which which is really funny so our ceo who i absolutely adore he's the most inspiring figure i've ever worked with is a little bit more conservative than i am And I didn't know this when I started out uh, at ELF and I was on the job for a couple of weeks and we do a bi-weekly town hall that he normally hosts. And he said, hey, I can't be at the next town hall. Would you mind hosting? I was like, great, fantastic. That's exciting. You know, two weeks on the job, I'm going to host a town hall and and try to fill your shoes. So of course I showed up with my boss lady plaque and I, I put it on the table as, you know, as I begin to lead the town hall. And as we're going along the journey in town hall, I might have strategically dropped a couple of (laughs) F-bombs. And what I recognized 
when I dropped the first F-bomb was the reaction was like, (gasps) (laughs) there was like these very surprised faces that were like holding their breath. And then I could tell people were texting each other under the table. And then, you know, later on, somebody on my team who reports to me, who who also loves F-bombs was like, hey, boss lady, just so you know, CEO doesn't really like F-bombs so much. And I was like, well, somebody could have told me that. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided that it was about time for us to create our own language where I could drop elf bombs all day long without getting in any kind of trouble. So we created this elf language, uh, which we call elfisms or elf bombs. My personal favorite is why the elf not? And I use that all day, every day, when when somebody thinks your idea is crazy, why the elf not? So Nadine, I'm gonna ask you to write an elf bomb right now or to, to, to throw an elf bomb at me that you think is fitting in this moment. Oh man, I should have known you were gonna do that to me. You did that to Heidi. Yes, and... I'm off the hook today. <laughs> I'm so elf and happy you are here and I'm so fucking surprised you haven't <laughs> an F bomb yet. <laughs> She was gonna do that. Corey said. Corey said she strategically cursed, and I'm thinking about how Nadine, you're a strategic cursor, so it's the perfect match. I, I knew we were gonna be fast friends Corey, when you talked about strategic cursing. Poor Heidi, her husband has been listening to me through Zoom for years now. And he told, Heidi finally told me the other day, Jimmy thinks I'm a very strategic cursor, which is great. <laughs> it's such a compliment. It is. I love and, it. And Corey, I love that your elfisms, I mean, they're so on brand. Of course, the CMO would come up with that. It's brilliant. It's so So fun. when when we unleashed our brand recharge campaign, it was called Elfing Amazing. And we started finding all of these, you know, great elfisms. And then we turned it into the hands of our community because what we recognize is they started to talk to us in elfism. And we're like, wow, we unleashed the power of the creativity of our elf enthusiasts and they started writing a whole bunch of elfisms one of my personal favorites is tgi elf which we use now all the time and it's just a really ownable part of our brand that is also fun and relevant and kind of badass (laughs) totally i think you should do like a like an illustrative book about elfisms i think that would turn it into a children's yeah get into the book industry why not (laughs) that is a place that we haven't gotten into yet there are a lot of case studies on our brand but we don't have a book yet i I did get a request for us to be included in a textbook does that count not as fun not as fun (laughs) there's not enough pictures First of all, they would never do it as creatively as you. And yeah. secondly, it wouldn't be nearly as uh, exciting. So so building on the, the textbook idea, you know, that's not a bad idea for you, Corey, actually, because you have, I mean, as part of your role, I know you own way more than just marketing. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I, I think the easiest way to summarize my job is what I call from sea to shining sea. And that's everything from concept all the way to consumer end to end. So think about this, backing it all the way up to concepting a product, creating the product. So I'm I'm responsible for innovation pipeline and then all the way through commerce, marketing, uh, communications, all the way to every possible consumer touch point. So it is 
rare in a CMO to have that kind of end-to-end. -end. But I think the reason it's so successful at ELF is because it's fully integrated. By pulling all those pieces and parts together, it allows everybody to have a clear view. Like my head of digital is strategically aligned with my head of brand who's fully aligned with the head of innovation. And it allows all of these pieces and parts to work together seamlessly and, and without friction. And one of the things we hear people talk about all the time is taking the friction out of the consumer journey. I would say that starts with your organization. If you want the consumer journey to be seamless and frictionless, you have to make sure that your internal organization is seamless and frictionless. And I guarantee you, if you start to unpack your consumer journey, everywhere you find a friction point, it's a reflection of your organization. Yeah, so speaking of friction. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Corey, I told you we were going to have fun today. I, I can, oh my God, our poor listeners of CMO Moves would be like, what happened here? But uh, this, I'm telling you that I warned them this was going to be epic friction. There's nothing better in friction than seduction and sex. Tell us about that. <laughs> I'm making Heidi blush. Are you asking me about the relationship between marketing and commerce, Nadine? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm asking you about seduction and sex is what I'm asking you about. <laughs> so the way I like to easily summarize the relationship between marketing and commerce is quite simple. I mean, think about this as a relationship. Think about this as the courting process. Think about this as dating. And the way I, I easily sum it up that I think, you know, maybe makes a few heads turn, but also people really get it is marketing is the seduction part. It's, it's the stuff you do before to get to know each other, to ensure that you like each other, that you want to hang out, that you want to go to dinner a second time. And commerce is sex. That's the commitment. That's, you know what, I've, I've, been on the journey. I like you. I've investigated you. I've combed your social feed. I know everything about you and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go all the way. And that's the commitment. So marketing is seduction and commerce is sex. Well said. I think that's a new headline. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh my God. I could go on and on, but we don't have you for very much longer. So Heidi, I know you have one more question and then I have got one last one. So, so before we ask our final question, what is some final advice, Corey, when you're thinking about all the brand marketers, all the leaders listening to this podcast, what's some final advice you can give them? So apparently I like the C words. So I'm going to boil this down to what I call the three C's and all of them have to work in tandem, in harmony and in rhythm. And the first one starts with curiosity, be inquisitive find your facts, look for the insights, built everything on the back of what your consumer is telling you, what they want from your brand, go gather information, have the curiosity to ask questions beyond the obvious. The second is courage. You have to have courage to carry forward bold ideas, to blaze new trails, to enter into spaces that people will tell you you don't belong or your brand doesn't belong or, hey, that's not possible. You have to have real courage and, and boldness and tenacity to move into disruptive spaces. And the third thing is you have to have conviction. 
because along that journey, you're going to find things out. You're going to have the courage to drive forward bold ideas. But if you don't have the conviction to stay the course, to back up what you're doing, to stand firm, you won't be able to carry it all the way to action. So have the curiosity, be bold and fearless, and have the conviction to stand behind your words and your actions. Very cool. Okay. So Corey, my last question for you. Yeah. I'm curious about your courage and conviction. If money and talent were of no object, (laughs) meaning you have all of it in the world, money and talent could do anything in the world. Can't be what you're doing now. What would you be doing? I would be a political activist. Ooh. Yeah. When I was in my master class at FIT, the professor asked us all to find a subject matter that has absolutely nothing to do with your job. Nothing. And we're going to spend six months on this subject. You have to investigate it inside and out. And you have to do a 30-minute presentation, a 20-minute, a 10-minute, a 5-minute, and eventually an elevator pitch on this one subject that you're going to be working on for six months. And I chose smoking because at that time, we were still smoking in bars and restaurants. And I felt very passionate about it because I grew up in a family of smokers. And for me, it was just doesn't make sense how people do things that we know are detrimental to their health knowingly. And I found myself when I was delivering the presentations, just so incredibly passionate and motivated to get behind that kind of subject matter, to get on a stage and truly uh, become an activist for something that matters and has like a true depth and meaning. And the uh, professor who became one of my mentors actually said to me, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> you should absolutely be marching on the Capitol. You should be an activist. You should take that passion and that energy and that boldness that you have and, and carry it with a banner and a flag. And that never left my mind. And there are so many, I mean, you could tell I'm a very passionate person. I am super passionate about beauty. I love my job. Mm -hmm. I love that I get up, I get to get up every day and do what I love with people I admire on a brand on brands that I believe in. So make no mistake about that. But yeah, I mean, if, as you said, you know, none of those things were a consideration, I think I would be a political activist and, and, and a real fighter for causes that I believe in. Well, you know, it's interesting is I had no idea you were going to answer that in that way. I was surprised at first, but I'm not surprised at all because mm-hmm. if I go back to those three C's, curiosity, courage, and conviction. Yeah. Obviously you own it. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so, so fun to have you on the show. Thank you. Well, thank you. And you are two super women that I admire. So thank you for having me. And I love spending time with both of you. Absolutely. Thanks, Corey. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. 
Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.